Hey everybody, welcome back to the Self-Awareness Podcast, and we have our special guest, Jenna Carlton, today. She is a Navy veteran and inspirational mother and the author of The Veteran Workbook. Also, she is the co-founder of The Millennial Veteran, a support group on Facebook and Instagram. Jenna helps shares resources with veterans and uses it to broadcast her podcast, VetChat, live on Instagram. Jenna interviews younger veterans about how they continue to serve after their separation from the military. So without further ado, let's get into Jenna's mental health journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Self-Awareness Podcast. We have Jenna here today, and we're so excited to hear her journey. Jenna, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I absolutely can, and I'm I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Alicia. So my name's Jenna. I was in the Navy for four years from 2013 to 2017. I got out. I wanted to pursue politics, and I did an internship at the House Committee and Veterans Affairs, and I turned out it wasn't my thing, but I really found my passion for veterans. So that's what I started doing. I created a community for younger veterans online, and yeah. Yay, that's awesome. <laughs> and I love how you're so passionate about the veteran community, because I, I think also for this season of the podcast, we are listening to veterans' stories and just seeing how many of those stories can relate. So I'm really excited to get into this episode. And one of the first questions that we like to ask is, do you remember a time or maybe like a moment where you kind of started to get the realization of what mental health was or were just exposed to like maybe mental health uh, disorders or issues or just anything along those lines? Yes. So it. I feel like I, w- I was one of those people who was in denial for so long. I grew up with both my parents are 40 years older than me, so they're, they they grew up in that mentality, like, you know, mental health isn't, you, you know, they just didn't have the tools for understanding what it really was like we do nowadays. And, and also being from a small town, you know, it was kind of taboo. And then, you know, add the military on top of that, and it's really taboo in the military. Talking about mental health, it's getting better. But... Yeah, so I was in denial for so long, and it really probably took me, you know, all the guests that I've had on my podcast really coming on and being so open about it and having, you know, mental health examiners and people who have gone to school for it to really help me connect everything and understand, like, it's real and, you know, it it's affecting you. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was pretty late in the game, probably, like, 25 is when I was like, wow, this is something I need to take serious. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because actually our previous episode, one of our guests also mentioned the same thing. It was when they were getting out of the military and you know, it was a little bit later in life that they started to understand what those challenges were and what it meant to them. They saw them around them while they were serving and then when they were getting out. And again, a lot of our guests didn't talk about mental health when they were growing up or talk about feelings and emotions. And I'm so thankful that you're able to share that. I can definitely relate to also not talking about emotions and feelings growing up, even though I had like five siblings, all of us. (laughs) Like you think you would be able to like talk to your siblings about that, but it kind of just didn't happen that way. And I, I do agree with you that I can just really me included with the way that your parents were raised as well. It's just a different generation. And like you said, it's taboo and it was in the military. So 
I definitely understand that timeline of when you really started to discover and understand how common mental health challenges are in our environment and our community. Another thing that we like to ask is, have you ever experienced any of these mental health symptoms or challenges? And if so, when did you start or realize that they started happening? So when I had my first daughter, I was 23 and I had postpartum. But again, like I said, I was in that denial. I I had all the symptoms. I had, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I was trying to cope with alcohol and just, I felt like I was, I don't, I like blacked out so much of it um, because I was just in like a daze, like just survival mode. And, and I really should have gotten help. But like I said, just the stigma and then also, you know, I, I went through my pregnancy with the VA and I didn't have a primary care doctor. So I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't want to reach out for help when you're in that. And I just wasn't educated enough on it. But, you know, I got through it that first year and then it came back right before I became pregnant again when I was, I was 27 at this point. Maybe I was 26. Yeah, I was 26. And I was like, all right. And that was when I first started doing vet chats and talking with people. And I was like, okay, there's ways to help. And I went to my doctor and I said, I'd like to get therapy. And then she said, okay, here's your referral. And I chickened out and I never went to it. So it took a kind of ultimatum with my husband last year where it's like, he's like, okay, because he had a lot of issues and I was like all right well if you go I'll go so we kind of did it together well separate therapists but like we both went started that journey oh thank you for sharing that Jenna and first I just want to validate those uh, feelings of you know not being comfortable to reach out at first and kind of like what it sounds like maybe like feeling like you should have to do something but you're not comfortable with it yet and kind of just absorbing those feelings as well. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. And I think there's so many things that you just said that are so key to what so many people experience, including myself. The number one thing that you said was the education. I agree that it could be one of those, if you're not educated about uh, what's going on with you or what the diagnosis is and how it even relates to mental health or your body or, you know, your emotions, then you're kind of in the dark of, okay, is this even for me? Like, kind of like you said, like being in denial, like when you can validate that, you know, if you don't know what it is, then you can easily go around it and say, you know, maybe this isn't something that I need to deal with right now or kind of just looking at it from the outside view. I could definitely relate to how you spoke about how many times it took you to get therapy. And I could definitely relate to that. One of our um, referrals that we had, I tried it myself. And yeah, I think I was at the same point. I'm like, okay, I know this isn't right. <laughs> I know I don't feel right. So I, I reached out, got help, and kind of just did the scary part. And then we had one session, and then COVID happened. And I was, okay, it's an excuse that I don't have to go. And I kind of just leaned on that. And I think, yeah, what you hit on is like basically 
maybe what we've both experienced is that taking that first step of getting it started and getting it rolling, very uncomfortable and kind of what you were saying is that maybe you were doing it alone at that time and it can be easy to avoid and put it on the back burner. So I'm very thankful that you were able to share that your husband and you were able to do it together. I think that is amazing and just really shows the type of support that you guys have for each other and can slowly progress together rather than trying to do it on your own, which can be a lot more relieving uh, when someone you're close to is taking that first step. And one thing that we like to say on the podcast is being a mental health advocate, the best way to do that is doing it yourself and showing others. And I think that you are a great example of that. So I'm so thankful that you were able to share that. To follow up on how you kind of realized that, okay, I know I have these symptoms. Is there anything specific that you were noticing that you were feeling or doing or how you were reacting that kind of made you realize, okay, I'm having these symptoms of postpartum? I would say very um, sleepless nights, uh, very terrible thoughts. I was at the point where I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be a mom. I, I was actually ready to put her up for adoption. I was so at that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And okay, I don't want anyone to be scared because my daughter was a very difficult daughter. She had colic. She was just a hard baby. And my first time with a newborn, I didn't know what to expect at all. And then she would just not sleep for more than an hour. So I was so restless. And then even when she would sleep, I had so much anxiety because I was like, why should I fall asleep if I know she's going to wake up? Um, So it was it was very hard. And then, you know, the depression kind of sinks in. I'm at home with her. So this was I had her when I was in school. So it was the summertime and she was born in June. So I was home that whole summer with her until classes started again. And I was just like, wow, my life's over. I'm never going to get through this. I was drinking a lot just to feel like I was doing something, I guess, or kind to feel a sense of normalcy. And, and another hard thing, especially with veterans, is we're kind of all over the place. Even yourself, like your family's back home. It's They're far away. No one's coming over to check on you. you know, just this built on. So it was kind of just like the perfect storm. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely that that anxiety and that and depression. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and being able to share that. I'm proud that you were able to say that because I know it'd be my heart to talk about. And I think you being able to share that with our audience, a lot of people can relate. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's something others and our listeners are going to be able to relate to. Also, one thing 
why it also reminded me of her is because when we started finally opening up to each other about how we were feeling and thinking, those intrusive thoughts also were coming up for both of us in different ways. I'll go along with the education. You know, if you weren't educated on what an intrusive thought was, it kind of makes you feel more alone as far as this. Is, I'm the only person that thinks this way, you know, and then it kind of like kind of resorts back to if you're on the cycle of, of negative thoughts. It can start off a spiral of uh, being guilty because I'm the only person that thinks this way. You know, I must be this. I must be that. And it kind of just starts that cycle of not feeling good emotionally or mentally yeah, and then leads to physically shame. yeah exactly yeah and how that relates to physically being hard to have a good night's rest and i'm so thankful that you're able to share that and be open with about also your your husband's journey as well i'm glad that you enlightened on that you were both having your own challenges at the same time but maybe like different experiences is there anything you can elaborate on when it comes to how you open up with your husband and how you guys communicate as far as were you always able to tell each other how you were feeling or what was going on mentally or emotionally or did that that definitely grew over time because we were so young I was 22 he was turning 24 when we met and, you know, you just, especially like coming from the Navy, I just didn't have those skills yet. And he, he's also a veteran too. And he was still in, I got out and then he did one more contract. So it was just, you know, we just didn't have that vulnerability yet and those skills. And honestly, we had to learn them because like I said, we are on our own here. We moved to a new state together we have friends, military friends, they come and go so fast, you know, you don't have a lot of stability around you. So we either had to grow together and turn toward one another. Otherwise, we were going to be totally alone. And that took a lot of time. It took a lot of fights, it took a lot of, you know, almost throwing in the towel before we realized that we just got to talk it out. Actually, I'll be I'll be super vulnerable last night. Like last week, we had just like a, one of those tough weeks, like so many things are hitting. I have my VA claim coming up, which is just bringing up a lot of past traumas for me. So I've been really anxious and on edge. And, you know, we just kind of blew up at each other on Friday. And so we just spent the night talking and getting it all out. And I was crying, but you know what? You got to go through that to get things better. That's how you grow and that's how you communicate. And there's nothing wrong with fighting and arguing in relationships. It's it's how you make up. I really think that and how you, you know, communicate and plan for the future. So. No, you can't.
Yeah, I think it was therapy. So I, when I started therapy, I was like, I'm just going to learn how to deal with my husband and all his issues. <laughs> and when I started going, it just opened a whole box for me of just a lot of pain I went through. And I, I, I had, um, you know, in the military, I was sexually assaulted a few times. And, you know, I thought I had healed from that. I thought that was just something in my past. You know, I packaged it all up and it's back there. And going to therapy, I realized how much it affects me and how much I, I hadn't processed it. Because you can't do that. You can't just ghost your traumas and be like, all right, like that's my past. Because if you don't unpack it, if you don't pro uh, process it, it's going to come back and it's just going to grab you and have a grip on you. And that's exactly what happened through therapy. Hey guys, Alicia here, and I'm so excited to share with you a tool that I absolutely love when it comes to finding a therapist. So when I was in the Navy, I had a referral to get a counselor out in town, and I was recommended a website called Psychology Today. I love this website because it helps you find therapists, counselors, psychiatrists within your zip code, so you already know they're in your surrounding areas. But my favorite tool about this website is that you can narrow down by issues, insurance, genders, types of therapy, age, price. These tools are so important when you're trying to find a therapist, especially if you have a job or certain healthcare that's covering your therapist. So guys, go ahead and start finding your right therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist today where you can view their profile picture, their background, and what they specialize in. I highly recommend this tool. I've used it myself and I know you guys are really gonna appreciate it. We're gonna go ahead and link the information in the bio and let's get back into the show. And you know, during that journey, like therapy was so painful for me, I hated it. And and also another thing is that it, I didn't realize that you can, you're supposed to be in control when it comes to therapy and you can choose a different therapist you don't have to stay with one not everyone's going to be the right fit it doesn't mean they're a bad therapist it just means that maybe they don't know how to treat what what you need and definitely with my history of sexual abuse like I I needed someone trained in that and I I was just too shy and I'm also a recovering people pleaser so I just wanted to tell the therapist what they wanted to hear and it ended up being a bigger mess um so I haven't been back to therapy since but I am doing like a mentorship now and that that's been really helpful just someone that's in that space that knows what to do how to advocate for yourself so that when I do go back to therapy it'll be a lot more beneficial totally thank you Chad for sharing that and I just want to say I'm so sorry to hear about those experiences of abuse that you experienced when during your service and I just want to validate those feelings and emotions that you're bringing up right now and you know you're not alone and I'm thankful that I'm able to listen and extend my heart out to you and also 
our listeners as well. So I'm I'm sure everybody's going to appreciate you being able to open up about that. And I know how you uh, mentioned about finding your own therapist. And I'm very happy that you talked on that because I was going to ask as well. Also for me too, that first therapist was very, they were very forward, but not like didn't connect in a way as far as like my personality. And yeah, I think they did have different goals in mind and being able to find someone that you feel comfortable with as far as a therapist or someone that is going to be your safe space and your support system. Uh, It is really important to find someone who's educated on the right situation and then, you know, you feel comfortable speaking with and then also to go along, we'll be able to walk you through what you're trying to go through and has experience of uh, whether themselves or amongst their community about the certain challenges that you're trying to face and and get past. So I'm thankful that you're able to share that. One of the, I'll put in the show notes, but one of the the resources that we like to share is uh, My Psychology Today. And you're, have you heard of that before? I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. So you're able to narrow down by type of, you know, counselor, therapist, and um, psychiatrist. And then there's also a filter where you can put what type of therapy they do, uh, what category, you know, their background, a picture of them. So tools like that, I, I highly recommend because, you know, you get to know a little bit about them and their background and who they work with and what they're trying to do. And if they take VA healthcare or any type of healthcare in in general. So I definitely want to highlight on tools like that. And, and I'm happy that you also highlighted on the mentorship of being able to advocate for yourself and how you said that you struggled with being a people pleaser and how that can actually relate to you asking for help because it takes a big step to ask for help, but then it's still like you said, it's painful to do the therapy and then, but then you're also trying to do the work. But if that person isn't right for you, then you're going to try to, you know, say what they want to hear. And then it makes it difficult to move forward with what you want for yourself and, and identify what, what you want for yourself as well. I want to go on the topic of kind of like self-awareness. And I'm sure there are many like episodes that you've already had on your podcast where you feel like you can relate to a lot of your guests and and maybe see yourself in someone else's situation. So my question is, how has self-awareness been able to help you with your mental health journey? I think it's the only way really to be when it comes to mental health. If you're not self-aware, if you're not honest with yourself, you're not going to heal anything. And and I've I've been there. I've been so like I said, I went into therapy thinking I'm perfect, you know, I am so strong and nothing really affects me. And then I had to I had to be very self-aware, but I think you need to have a few tools before you're self-aware, right? You need to know what to look for um and pay attention to how you react to things. And a great tool for that for me has been journaling. 
and writing down my feelings instead of just writing down what I did that day because that's how I used to journal. I'd just document what I did, what I ate, um, and now I do more feelings. How did, how am I feeling today? Um, which kind of leads to more questions like, why did I feel like that? What did I do that felt like that? And that that's helped me be more self-aware. And it doing that, you can strengthen so many relationships because you're not just you're not just moving through things. You're, you know, paying attention to how they react to you when you're a certain way and how you react to them when they're a certain way. And you can identify ways to make it better, make it more cohesive, you know? So yeah, self-awareness is so important. I love that tool. (laughs) That's awesome. I like how you spoke about, you know, First, I just used to write down what I did throughout the day, and then you started to move towards the types of feelings that you're having over certain situations. And I think that just goes into a type of a skill that you were building in order to identify feelings, actions, reactions, and I think that is so helpful for yourself and others, like you like you mentioned, because myself and others and maybe yourself have experienced emotional blunting, which is uh, being emotionally numb, can't feel feelings of extreme happiness or joy. And I've been doing a little bit of research on that. And one of the skills that helps with that is education on feelings that and emotions that aren't your most common feelings as far as like happy, sad, um, angry, Like there's like a category of like at least minimum like 53 emotions that, you know, you can feel. So I think that tool, yeah, that tool that you mentioned being able to connect emotions with how you felt that day in certain situations is so beneficial as far as educating yourself on mental health, especially if you came up from a background where you didn't talk about emotions. So, you know, maybe something was going on around you when you were younger and then you didn't even know what you were feeling because you didn't talk about it when you were younger and now you have the opportunity to you know start identifying those feelings and then kind of sounds like you're categorizing them so you can remember them for other situations and then I think it's also beneficial that you write it down because you can kind of like figure out how you problem solved through that and I think that's really important when it comes to a mental health journey as far as when you're able to problem solve it's going to relieve stress faster and make you build confidence and it's I like to emphasize on confidence when it comes to mental health because like you were saying when you want to you know ask for help it's important to know what you want and you know stand behind that So when you're able to build that confidence emotionally and mentally, it kind of helps back up or emphasize that strength of um, standing by what you want and what you're standing for. Yeah, I I do want to go a little bit. Now I'm more curious about, for anybody who doesn't know yet, Jenna has her workbook and it's called the Veteran Workbook. And I have it myself and I love it. And there's so many different categories in this workbook. It really helps veterans kind of do that self-reflection as far as realizing 
what they went through throughout their military service and connecting with their past and and doing that reflection on what their experience was. So Jenna, I am so excited to hear, you know, your point of view of, of how you built the workbook. So can you go a little bit more into detail of, you know, when that started and what that process was? So they say you write the books that you need the most. <laughs> and yeah. I yeah. swear I wrote this. I'm actually, I'm going through it right now. So I feel like I wrote it as a tool for myself. And it started out with, you know, just having conversations with different veterans and taking notes on what the most common things were that people were struggling with. A lot of people struggle with identity, who they are without the uniform. A lot of people struggle with creating their own schedule and creating structure back in their life because it was so regimented in the military. Others struggle about making plans, making choices off of what they want to do because in the military you were told your job, you didn't have much say really in what you were going to be doing. So now that the power is back in your hands, you're kind of just like, whoa, where do I even go? And that's why the book starts off, you know, small, like kind of talking about your values, what kind of habits can you have, what what is something sustainable for you as a career choice. So that's kind of how it all started. And I just, I have 42 themes throughout the book and each theme is something that was added over time and just kind of built until I couldn't think of anything else and I couldn't think of any other questions around all those themes. So, yeah. Yay, so excited. I I love how you kind of just, you know, started with one category and then built on that. I think that's so important. And I love how you mentioned, yeah, you, you write the books that you need. <laughs> and I think that's so awesome because, you know, so many people have been able to, you know, benefit from your book and your work and um, continue to benefit from it. So I'm so thankful that you were able to put together something that was important to you, but also share it with others. Everything what you said as far as why you made the book and, and you know, what veterans experience once they get out, myself and others and our audiences are going to be able to relate that for anybody who has served. So I'm so thankful to, you know, share about your book and, you know, share the resource because, yeah, being able to reflect on your time served is not something kind of would think about that you would have to do so being able to have something to guide you is such a valuable tool when it comes to moving forward with your uh, new career or you know just the lifestyle adjustment in general to go off of that because I think this is something that you could probably relate to like for I guess I'll say for me but for me the reason why I love being in mental health advocate is because when I struggled with depression when I was younger I always resorted to kind of closing off and you know assuming that everybody wanted to do everything for themselves so it kind of made me not want to be involved with people but then when Mm -hmm. I was on deployment I realized oh well what if somebody else feels exactly the same way when they're depressed and what if I could be that person that isn't selfish and and lend an ear and lend a hand and and just being able to be that space for somebody. And I found true value in 
being able to be a person to talk to and be a good friend and being able to serve others in that way. So my question for you is, how is being able to help others and build such a strong community, how has that been able to help you mentally, emotionally uh, throughout your mental health journey? First of all, that is wonderful that you thought to do that, especially because (laughs) on a ship, mental health resources are so scarce. Um, Maybe there's one psychiatrist per ship. It's crazy. Um, I feel like everyone on the ship really needs therapy at that point. I know I did. And then there's, there's really no one to talk to. So to be that friend, to be that shipmate, I hate saying that word, but... But really, <laughs> that is, you showed up for people, and I know that benefited so many. I felt like I found a really core group of friends on deployment. And, you know, I went through one of the hardest times in my life. I got cheated on while I was out to sea, and I was so depressed, and I I don't think I could have got through it with my friends. So I know that your friends really appreciated that or, or whoever you were working with. But yes, you know, I... When I started Bet Chats, when I started the Millennial Veteran, mental health was not in my, wasn't in mind for it. You know, I just wanted a community. I just wanted people to relate to, to share resources. I didn't realize that would be such a focal point of the conversations and eventually the group. And now, you know, my workbook and and really like the foundation of what I want to do. And it, it's helped me so much be vulnerable because... Right now we're doing a workbook challenge in the group and every day we're going through different prompts and people are being so vulnerable. It is inspiring. I mean, I I want to always be that honest and truthful with myself because, wow, I mean, and, and it's only been a week and people are already gaining just from that, just from saying things out loud that you wouldn't normally talk about with people. So that's really helped me. And, you know, mental health, as you know, you know, it's not just, you know, we're starting here and we're only going up. You go up and down all the time. And to have a group of people to lean on, it's helped my journey so much. And it's helped me grow as a person as well. Yay. Oh, I, I, I just I just feel so excited about your your community that you built. Being able to understand your story and you know what you experienced and, and what you're passionate about creating, and I've personally um, listened to so many of your episodes. So, you know, I, I know the excitement of being able to see people open up, and I do, I do see the value that you know you give others. You give others that space where, when I listen to your show, they're so eager to you know share about their service or you know, how they spent their time or who they spent their time with connecting with and then pursuing the new journey of being a veteran. So I'm so thankful that we were able to connect on that. (laughs) And yeah, it's, and I'm so in awe of you. I mean, especially taking on this feat of, you know, not only being a business owner, but also a whole podcast while you're in school. And I I just listening to you even on this podcast, I have to say the way your mind works is amazing because I've never done an interview where you hit every single point. Like you you just like really listen. And I, I love that. I think that 
that's such a great skill. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. And that comment reminds me of um, 2020 where, you know, we were in COVID and I didn't have that many friends yet in California, but I did hang out with my neighbor a lot. And like the number one thing I prioritized that year, like my mantra was like, I want to be a good friend and I, and I want to be able to build that character. So I hopefully it's showing right now. <laughs> it is shining. Thank you. And before we wrap up here, I kind of want to ask, is there anything else that you want to share as far as your time served or maybe some coping mechanisms that you're also implementing now, like maybe working out or anything along those lines? Yes. So it it's funny. I was actually talking about this last week. I'm supposed to, that was my assignment last week from my mentor to brainstorm new coping mechanisms because honestly I still struggle with reaching for a beer or you know something to just numb myself especially being a mom and the chaos of when everyone comes home so right now journaling has been just like a main thing working out too and really making my workouts achievable like I used to try to run miles and miles and I'm like you know just I do it like like you say, I work out for my mental health. I <laughs> love that so much because that's what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, I'm getting out there, getting the fresh air on a run or I'm lifting some weights, just, just enough, not trying to do anything but get my body moving, get out of my head for a little bit and, you know, get those endorphins going for your yeah. mental health. So I, I love that so much. And I'm trying to, I guess I'm experimenting a little with new ways on on what I can do. Um, I know there's breathing exercises people do I'm going to try. And, you know, just kind of taking a walk or taking a step away or maybe just being more intentional. Like, what, what can you feel? What can you see to try to calm yourself, calm your anxiety? So, yeah, I'm, I'm open to new things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could definitely um, share some resources of those techniques and the show notes also. Yeah, another topic that I was studying recently in class was, hopefully I'm saying it right, diaphragmatic breathing, where it's just like breathing through your belly. Kind of that's like the short way to say that. So yeah, we could definitely share some information on that. I, I personally had a panic attack the other day, which kind of like, felt like it came out of nowhere and I it I really struggled with catching my breath so uh, I was able to call one of my sisters and she was able to walk me through that type of breathing and yeah I was able to um, catch my breath and you know it's kind of being able to like breathe in through my nose and out through my nose and, and feel like I've taken a full breath so I, I definitely agree how those types of tools can be helpful when it comes to connecting with your body and being able to connect with those emotions also. So thank you for sharing those resources and tools and coping mechanisms that you're trying out. I think that is helpful for our listeners as well, for anybody who wants to try any of those coping mechanisms or skills, but also is able to kind of use that self-awareness of okay, 
do I like this? And, you know, is it working for me? Is it working for my body? And is it manageable? So I think you adding on the tool of being able to journal about that is also going to be extremely beneficial. So to ask the last question here, for somebody who is their mental health journey, what would you say to them or what kind of advice would you give them? I would say keep an open mind and know, like I said earlier, it's not a linear journey. Just because you're starting it doesn't mean it's going to get better right away. It's going to take some time and and really experiment with different things. Like you just said, be self-aware and and have stopping points and reflect like, how did this tool work for me? Or how did that therapy session make me feel or you know, really pay attention to your feelings and and just be honest. Be so brutally honest. And if you can't be honest with others, be honest with yourself and write it down. No one, no one's gonna read it, um, because that that's the way to grow, and that's that's how we get better. And don't hold shame. Shame is so, um, so harmful and toxic to our bodies and to our minds there's no reason to hang on to shame because it does nothing for us. We think that we need to have that shame to remind ourselves of something painful that may have happened or maybe that we did. But letting go of shame, I think that that should be the first thing when you feel shame. Pay attention to what makes you feel like that and not just that first reaction of anger, but maybe that second reaction of pain and where that's coming from. Um, if you wanted a place to start, because that that is the most, like I said, toxic thing for us in our mental health journey, and that's going to keep you in the same place. Every time you say, if you write it down, you're the only one that's reading it. You said it before, but I'm like, ah, it's just so comforting every time that you say it, because I don't know, it's like you say it the, the first time every time, so I'm like, okay. Like, it's kind of like that little reminder of like, so being honest with yourself and yeah, I think I think that's awesome that you say that. And it's so comforting to have that reminder of there is a space where we can just connect with ourselves and, and be honest with ourselves. So I'm I'm happy and thankful that you continue to say that and continue to be such a strong support for yourself and, and for others in, in your community. So I'm so thankful that we connected today. Thank you, Jenna, for being on the show. And before we uh, end this episode, can you maybe share some resources as far as where we can reach you to connect for anybody who wants to reach out after listening to your story? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at The Millennial Veteran. And our Facebook group is, it's really cool because they have chats now. So you can go into the Veteran Benefit chat and you can you know, ask benefit questions. You, We have a podcast plug. So if you have a podcast or if you want to share any social media, say you found a cool podcast, a lot of them aren't even their own podcasts. It's other people like, hey, I listen to this and it really inspired me. I'd just like to share it, stuff like that. Um, and then there's a sobriety and recovery chat. And I think that's a really good resource. And, and a lot of these channels are just plugging other resources. So it's it's really cool to see everyone come together and try to support one another. And um, that's another chat, give and get support. So many of us have dealt with loss. Um, 
in the veteran community and just reaching out and knowing that other people care and they know how you feel when you lost a friend or really anyone, a great support system to have. Um, so yeah, so those are the two main places that, that I'm at. Um, and we'd love to have anyone who's interested. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, again, thank you, Janet, for being on the show. And as a friend and a supporter, I just want to say I'm so proud of you and your journey and everything that you're doing. I'm just honored to you know connect with you and being able to share your journey and your resources so thank you and everybody we're gonna catch you next time so have a great day bye bye